Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So imagine you're there and your auditorium goes from here to Charlie Wajara. <laughs> and then to Mbalua. How do you do that? You act on your faith. You act on your faith. There is so much more in you and I. There is so much more. One of the other places we visited was uh, Winners Chapel headquarters. They have their university called Covenant University. Just on the, from the look on the outside, it's better than any university I've been to in Uganda. It's a church university started in 1992. They have the highest employability rate in Nigeria. Like the, the people who go to Covenant University are going to get a job before anyone else does. Just because of the values that they are taught. University has its own stadium. The university chapel, chapel, the students' chapel, sits 4,000 people. That's just a chapel. We are here trying to build a 2,500-seater. Uh, but are you tracking? So there's so much more in you because those people who are doing those things read the same Bible as you and I. We serve the same God. We are filled by the same Holy Spirit. There's so much more in you, friends. There's so much more in you. Your business can go bigger, can reach Father, if you take action. There's so much more in you. There's so much more in your ministry, in your business. There's so much more with your family and children. Amen. You're not just here to survive and just be around and live in a box. It's time to break the box. You know this thing, someone said that, you know, we live in a box and we don't even know it. You wake up in the morning, you get out of that box called a bed which is in that box called your bedroom. And then you go to the bathroom, another box, <laughs> pick up your toothbrush and brush your teeth looking in that box called a mirror. And uh, if you're disciplined, you go into another box called a shower box. You shower and then you get out of the house, get into that box called a car drive through the traffic competing for space with other boxes. Now you're tracking. Thank you. Let's preach together. You compete with other boxes. Finally, you make it to your workplace. Uh, hopefully, there is a box called a lift which takes you upstairs and you get into your box called your office and then you open another box called your laptop, spend a whole day fixated on that box uh, until evening, close it, get back into your box called a car, compete for space with other boxes until you make it back to your box called your bedroom and you repeat that for 70 years and we call it life. Tell your neighbor I refuse to participate. <laughs> That's not life. 
is so much more. There is a world out there. People are going to the moon, folks. People are going to the moon. There is a world out there. RCCG, those guys whose thing I showed you, their vision is to have a church within five minutes walking distance of in every city in developing countries. Five minutes walking distance of everyone and ten minutes driving distance of everyone in every city in developed countries. And their vision is to have a member of RCCG in every single family on earth. They, even, they have said they will be the first ones to plant a church on the moon. So, <laughs> that's how serious they are. As of 2016, they had 32,000 churches in Nigeria alone. And they're in more than 180 countries around the world. They call that box breaking. <laughs> so, before we reflect too much on RCCG, what's your vision? And what box have you put it in that must break for you to go to the next level? Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm excited. By the way, I know that even if I stopped now, some of you have got the message. For some of you just watching that clip, yanked something on the inside of you that said, I can't settle for where I am. I hope you are not settling for where you are. No more is overrated. No more is overrated. This business of just living around, it's overrated. It's time to break out. It's time to break out. Look, the worst thing that can happen is that you will fail. Failure is not equal to death. Failure and death, even if you look in the dictionary, they are different. You will fail. And what do people who fail do? They pick themselves up, learn the lesson, and try again. So get out of the box. Act on your faith. We've been looking at this story of a man who got out of the box. Let's read together. It says, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. That was his box. Crippled from his mother's womb never walked. It doesn't say a boy. It says a man. That means he had some years on his meter. In, in secondary school, we used to call those guys miakis. You know, if they called you a miaki, it means that, yeah, you were a miaki. So the guy had some years on his meter. So can you believe that uh, this guy, by this time, he was used to the idea of being a cripple. He probably had enough help around him to help him exist in this state of being a cripple. Sometimes you, dysfunction, you function in your dysfunction so long it becomes your new no more. And you have enough help around you. Everyone knows, oh, that's the guy who, that's the babe who, so handle carefully. 
People are now used to your dysfunction. They know that you need help with everything. They are there to support you. So I don't know what it is. Maybe you are fighting an addiction. My brother struggled with addiction, smoking for 18 years. 18 years, chain smoker from senior two. Until one time, we were just there having a prayer meeting. It says, I read in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. I've been struggling with smoking. I need someone to pray for me. I said, awesome. And the volunteers? One person volunteered, said an exactly 20-second prayer, and the guy has never smoked again. And in his own words, it wasn't for lack of supplies. What's your box? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what your box is. I grew up an orphan. My dad died when I was young. So we were those people who were helped by everyone else in the family. And so when you're those kind of people, the idea that you're poor gets right, quite embedded deeply. You and poverty sort of have a lifetime pact. People wonder why I teach a lot about money. I've tried poverty. I didn't like it. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Probably someone here also has tried. <laughs> you may have tried poverty, lack of money, and uh, having everyone else treat you like a, a project. <laughs> and maybe you also didn't like it. You can get out. You can start a business. You can practice the principles. You can succeed. You can go global. <laughs> That's the box we need to break. Ugandan businesses that are global. Find a product in Spain made in Uganda. Ugandan restaurant chains in Korea. <laughs> yeah. Fumigation company, Dagan Bragan. There's a branch in uh, where else do they have cockroaches? New York. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't been to Serena's new, it's, I don't even think it's new, but anyway, it looks new. Serene Beauty, you know, it's like Serene, Serene, Serena Jakumbulida. Just be seeing people looking good on Facebook who have passed through there. In case you're wondering about the verse that says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, go to Serena's beauty place, and by the time you come out, you'll be believing it. Yeah, Sanga Serene Beauty, London, Serene Beauty, uh, Hong Kong, Serene Beauty, Shanghai. That's what I'm talking about. Guys, it's our generation 
till Brother Box, there is no generation that has come before that has access to global information like our generation. Your parents did know nearly half of what was happening on the other side of the world as you do. So you are not permitted to think locally. Akadukako tandi kokaloza ko globally. I don't know if I'm talking to someone this afternoon. Get out of the box. Act on your faith. The box can be comfortable. Sometimes it can be a victim state where you attract special attention and care because someone stepped on your small toe when you were five years and you've never recovered from the pain. So every time they say, put your best foot forward, you're like, no, my small toe. Where's my crying pillow? And then you have enough people to come and cry with you. You know, you have two kinds of friends. They are the friends who reinforce your weaknesses. And they are the friends who call out your strengths. In spite of your weaknesses. I hope you have the wisdom to know which friends to keep. You know, there are those people, every time you, you, you are around them, by the time you leave, you're like... You're as if you've drunk something. You're like... Now, some of you don't even have those kind of friends. Gabambi, you have your friends. Every time you leave, you're still feeling normal. Get some new friends. Get friends who you have one conversation, you drive away, you're praying in tanks. One time I was stressed about something that was happening with the church. At that time, we were in eight locations. Eight. Eight. And then I went to meet this guy. He was telling me about an opportunity he had got to supply his products in 5,000 locations across Africa. Eight, 5,000. It's like, that's what I'm working on right now. <laughs> Get some friends. They school you. <laughs> you feel like... My life is too small right now. I can't bear it anymore. So this guy, that was his box. The man heard Paul speaking. That's where it starts. You hear something. God says something. Faith is our positive response to what God has done by grace. By grace, God does everything. It usually comes in the form of his word. And then by faith we receive and believe. We believe and receive what he has done and make it our own. So this guy, he had Paul speaking. When this guy left home, he wasn't having ideas that he was going to be healed that day. He was like, cripple things, I'm good at cripple things. I've figured out how to live as a cripple. Maybe you've figured out how to live as put something in that dash. You figured out how to live as broke. You figured out how to live as broken. You figured out how to live as... Uh, uh, 
uh, rejected that person who no one wants to hang with you, and now you've, you, you've carried the identity. I'm the one that no one wants to hang with. So every room you go to, you look for the darkest corner and squeeze yourself there when the deals are being discussed on the table across. Maybe you figured out how to live broken-hearted. She said no. And you're behaving as if she's the only one who exists on earth. There are about 3.5 billion women on earth, so really. If one says no... Me thinks you still have quite an opportunity. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So anyway, so you come to garage like now and you're hearing me speak. Some of you, now your faith is rising. There are thoughts you came, you hadn't considered them. Now you're thinking because I'm t t teaching you, I'm teaching you the word of God. As I teach you the word of God, you're thinking certain thoughts that you didn't think before you came. You're seeing certain possibilities that you didn't see before you came. You're, you're considering certain actions that you thought were insane before you came. So the man had Paul speaking and Paul observing him immediately, seeing that he had faith to be healed. Everyone else didn't know what was going on except Paul and the man. The man, faith was growing on the inside. Meanwhile, when faith is growing on the inside of you and God is birthing something new on the inside of you, even your neighbors can't tell. It takes a discerning eye to know that that girl, something is happening. Something is happening. It's a bit like when you've just got pregnant, for those who have, nothing changes on the outside. No one is going to give you a chair and Baba leave the seat for you. But now a pregnant woman has come in. Let them have a seat. No one is going to let you go to the front of the queue. If you're looking normal. It's like that time when they're serving food and they said, okay, we are going to start with children, expecting mothers and suspecting mothers. <laughs> when, you're <in> the <laughs> when you're in the suspecting category, even people will be wondering why you're going to the front of the food queue when you look flat and normal. No one will tell. Many of you are at that stage, you're carrying earth-shaking dreams. And your people, especially your relatives, and your friends, they think you're normal. Otherwise, I'll lose some friends. Oh, yeah, progressive. <laughs> you get a video. So you there, and people think you're normal. They don't know what's happening inside. I believe there are people who had carried that guy there. But today, we are here hearing this itinerant preacher, whatever. They have no clue that their boy they brought carrying. They are not going to carry him back home. He's going by himself. Something is going to change forever. May God do that in your life today. May something change forever. Suppose so he had faith. He said with a loud voice, stand up straight. 
on your feet. This is when it's important to go in KJV so that you know it sounds really scriptural. Suppose Satan to him, thou man that art lame in thine members, stand up straight on thy feet. And the man proceeded to tell Paul that behold, Paul, Paul the preacher, thou mayest not know much about me considering the instruction thou givest thine servant. But I may take this moment to educate thee a bit and give thee mine history which thou mayest not have considering what thou sayest. Behold, I was but born a cripple from my mother's womb and I have sufficient number of witnesses with me present today for lo, they carried me Thence. They can't tell you that because of that self-sensed condition, I have not been able since birth to do what thou commandest thy servant to do. Hence, stand up and walk. Paul? That's the state of thy servant. You have the wrong man. That's how some of us converse with God. We are informing God, because he's ignorant, apparently, of why the thing he says about us cannot happen. Since you're going to be a billionaire in dollars. <laughs> God, 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 God. So for Siri Kenfu Bolide. Where I come from, God, they have never even seen a thousand dollars. So, <laughs> so you educate God why you can't be a billionaire. By this time next year, you shall have a child. Hey, God! Have you read the doctor's report? It's obvious you have a problem with reading. <laughs> Is anyone following me? Like, God speaks, and then, and then, you educate God. Why his word is not going to happen. What have you been educating God about? I'm an African. I'm from Bukoma Simbi. As in, that's where the money ends before it. <laughs> I'm a woman. I am what have you been telling God? I'm but a boy. I'm young. I'm too old. I am this. I am that. I am the other. Eh, eh, eh. Until God is like, oh my God.
stand up straight on your feet. In other words, take some action. And what did he do? He did it. He responded to that word. He leaped and walked. We've been looking at all of this. I will not go through much through it. Faith without works is it's dead. Faith always comes alive when acted upon. <clears throat> Refuse to be that person who hears 12 sermons and does nothing about them. Refuse. I refuse to be that person. I refuse. I refuse to be normal. I refuse to be usual. I refuse to be average. Wherever I hear the Lord say, I will take some action. Faith without works is dead. Look at these stories. Luke 17. Ten lepers come towards Jesus. He says to them, what do you want? They say, we want to be made well. And he says, so, so what does he say? He says, go, show yourselves to the priests. Now, to a person who is just reading that without reading the whole context of the Bible, that looks like, okay, go show yourself to the priests. Okay, what about? And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, let me give you the context. In, according to the law in the, in the Old Testament, if you became a leper, you were put outside of the camp. You lived by yourselves, the lepers. And you had to believe God that you would be healed or whatever other method was there. And when you got healed, are you following? You went and showed yourself to the priest to examine you whether you have been really healed. And if the priest confirmed that you were healed and he pronounced you clean, then you would be allowed to rejoin the community. So the act of going to show yourself to the priest is supposed to be when you've been healed. But these fellows still had leprosy on them. But what were they doing? They were going to show themselves the priest with leprosy. But what's the reason? As they went, as they went, faith is in the process. Some of us, you want God to dot every I and cross every T before you take the first step. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Everything you see that has happened in people's lives, it started small. It's, there's been a process. Faith calls for action. So these fellows were indeed leprous when they started walking towards the priests to show themselves off as if they had been cleansed. And as they went, they were made clean. What journey of faith do you need to take today? Today, it's in the process. Sometimes we want it to be complete. Let me tell you, I keep telling this to people, and people sort of, many people still haven't figured it out, unfortunately. But close to 100% of God's answer to prayer is a word. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's an instruction. So this guy said, we want to be made well. Go show yourself to the priest. 
instruction. What was the alternative? Jesus, no, 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 no. You have not read the law. We are supposed to show ourselves a priest after we are healed. That's why we are here for you to heal us. Then we will go show ourselves the priest. He's like, go show yourselves the priest. There are things you're praying about you should have moved into Thanksgiving long ago because God did it long ago. But you're still there stressing God. And say, just go do it. Do it. Start the business. Propose to the girl. Do whatever. You're still praying. Get out of the prayer room and take some action. Go show yourself to the priest. Behave as if you've been healed already. That's what he was effectively telling them. And they got healed. Go start, start the journey. Let me tell you, there are dreams God has put in my heart. They are so big that they can't even scare me. You know, like there is a, a, a process. There is a, some dreams that are so big they scare you. Then you pass those into those which make you laugh. Because you know in your carnal knowledge that that's not possible. <laughs> You know, some of you, we have those dreams that you don't even pray about. Because you'd be lying if you started praying about it. Because you don't have the faith to pray about it. You'd just be praying about it. You know, you prayed. But you are not at that stage yet. To get to that stage, start taking action where you are now. When we started this church many years ago, our first rent every Sunday was 30,000 shillings at our fiesta restaurant, Lumumba Avenue, 30,000. Not once did we pay for two Sundays in a row, and I'll not tell you the reason why. Come back. Then another company took over the place, and they raised the rent to 50,000. Have you ever seen the devil at work? <laughs> You're like, devil, you're a liar! And we started raising 50k. Then they threw us out. And we went to Katikati. Negotiated the first deal. Super negotiators. We sat there and we negotiated with this guy. Brought it to 80k per Sunday. We are like, now it's time to believe God for real. <laughs> Can you believe? At one point, we are 80,000 shillings away from shutting the ministry every week. And now we are trying to buy a land of 600 million in two months. <laughs> At that time, when we were paying 30k a week, what would have happened if God had come and said, Mose, Mose? You're going to buy a land of 600 million in two months. <laughs> you just start binding the devil. Kumbe, it is the Lord speaking. <laughs> Some of you are like that. There are things God has spoken to you now. You are binding. <laughs> they are so ridiculous. They are incredulous. You're like, get out of here. And yet if you stick with it, if you stick with it, there is something called enduring faith. 
If you stick with it, if you keep praying for those headaches and flus, headaches and flus, headaches and flus, then one out of ten get healed. Then you move on to malaria. Then the first ones you pray for, you even tell them, now take your medicine. A <laughs> time will come and you're dealing with cancers. It's the process. Don't quit. Don't quit. Some of you, your marriages are in a place where it's like the water is coming into the boat. The boat is feeding. They are, we are here talking about rekindle fireplace. We are like, no, no, no. I, there is no way I can come with my person and then we will be the only couple there who are seated on opposite sides of the hall when everyone is being lovey-dovey. Because that's the current situation. And God is saying, take the step. Take the step. If your marriage is like that, just imagine it very wonderful in a few months or years, whatever. But don't quit. Because once you quit, there is no opportunity for it to work out. Stick with it. I know, I know. I know how to have a bad marriage. I've had one. So, <laughs> really good at it, by the way. <laughs> So when I talk about it now in good terms, just know there is a God in heaven. Moses happily married. What happened? There is a God in heaven. Is someone being minister to today? Don't quit. Stick with it and you are in faith. Take step, step by step, step by step. This guy who had a withered hand, and Jesus told him, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and it was restored. Now, it's not like Jesus said, so let's say this is the withered hand. Jesus didn't say, stretch out your hand. Then the hand got well, and then it was stretched out. No, he stretched out the withered hand. And as he stretched out the withered hand, it was made well. How about these insane fellows? There was a party. Do you know Jesus' first miracle was just to keep the party going? For those of you think, who think God just gives only needs, don't ask for any wants. That's sick. How many of you parents give your children only needs? If they dare say cake, ice cream, or chocolate, chiboko. What are the needs? Nutritional needs. Akawunga, akalimusoya, nebi janjalo. Period. January to December. Is that what you give them? So you think you're a better parent than God. Let me tell you, God wants to spoil you. Some of you. You know, you might have experienced luck for so long that when people say these kind of things, you even get offended. I like telling people the reason the street, the reason gold is on the streets in heaven is that they have still failed to get it down to earth. Like, God is much more desperate to give than we are willing to receive. Like, when it comes to money, which is the lowest application of faith, by the way, according to Jesus, he's like, okay, if someone can figure out how to be in the heavenly places on the streets, they will get some gold. Some of you have got that. Some of you have not. If your neighbor has got it, you can just have a drink with them after. Mugambe, that thing was saying, say it again. Simboli de Muruganda. Anyway, 
So there is a party, they run out of wine. Real wine, not grape juice. They run out of wine, and, <laughs> and I don't know why they consulted Jesus' mother. <laughs> of all the people. Anyway, they consulted Jesus' mother. Says, whatever he says to you, debate it. Hmm? God gives you a word, your company is going to 30 countries across Africa. You call a debating team. Analyze the situation. You start a brainstorming session. How will it happen? Then the other guy says, no, 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 that's not possible. You debate the word of the Lord. You hire someone, they, they do, a, you know, consultants, I'm one of them. You pay them a lot of money to ask you questions. They have no solutions whatsoever. They just ask questions. Then they go away. They send you a report of the questions. You file the report, put it on your, on your whatever, and life goes on. And you missed the word of God. I choose to believe God more than Google. You see our problem is that you have one eye on the word of the Lord and another eye on the doctor's report. You have one eye on the word of the Lord and another eye on the accounts of the business. You have one eye on the word of the Lord and another eye on what? Give me options, people we are preaching together. Uh, on what? On society. Or oh, the other uncle, the other auntie, who and who, what they have to say. You have one eye on the word of the Lord and another eye on people's opinions. You can't make it. The just shall live by faith. One eye on the word of the Lord, one eye on Google. Choose ye this day which eye you will keep open. Look, when we started this year, God, God is funny. God told me we would buy four pieces of land. Now, that hadn't, we had already finished our budget, budgeting process, and nothing in the budgeting process and the budget talked about land for. So we first put down Gayaza, one piece down, 200 mark, kacha, kacha. Then while I was there, continuing to almost walk in unbelief, this opportunity came. So I had one eye on the accounts, and one eye on the opportunity. Said, Mose, what will the people, can the people handle this? I said, okay, if God has said it, I'm not going to stand in his way. Let's do it. It's happening. It's happening. Soon you'll be able to drive in through there and drive out through there. Where are you looking? Someone said, if you keep your eyes to the sun, you'll never see the shadows. Believe what the word of the Lord says more than what your bathroom mirror says. Because some of you have struggled with that mirror for many years. Every time you look in that mirror, you're not so sure that wonderfully and beautifully made is you. That's you. That's you. Beauty is an opinion. 
<laughs> beauty is not a reality. Beauty is an opinion. That's why I have the opinion that I'm a very handsome guy. And my wife agrees with me 185 percent. Now the rest of y'all, it don't matter. I have the opinion that she's the most beautiful girl in the world. It's important to sit next to your spouse in this church when I'm preaching because I may be saying things that can bring reconciliation. That's when you extend that hand. And just... That someone is deep. <laughs> Keep preaching. <laughs> Where were we? Okay. <laughs> so these guys, <laughs> fill those bathing vessels with water. So I want you to remind these pots were not for the kitchen. These were for washing. Have you ever met those containers? And it even has a kaleya on top. You know that kaleya? A combination of fat, dirt, mark, and whatever it is. Nagamba, juza. Juza. Then they could juza. Six of them. Says, okay. Senako. As in, get some. Take to the MC of the party. Now, I want to remind you what those guys are thinking when they are taking that thing in their nice house of plastic mug. Those ones which, when you kusena like this, the kalea that was on top of the water now is on the mug. Mm. Where are you guys going? They told us to take this to the MC, to the chairman of the wedding committee. Meanwhile, he's sitting next to the groom. <laughs> uh, at that point, the guy who's doing the video of the wedding had better not be focusing on those guys. But then the guys. <laughs> so, you see, there were many. It wasn't one guy. So, let's say it's Jose, Deno, and Mose. So, he's there. So, who's going to hand over the mug? Deno, Guevo, I'm a guy. They start moving away. I tell the guy, guys, what's up? Uh, uh, uh. Just, just test this. It isn't wine yet. Guy again, don't Four cousins. At that moment when the guy sips like this, all the other dirty water in the six vessels, it's all incredible first grade champagne. Tell your neighbor, take some action. How about this guy? He was blind from birth. Jesus finds him. He's like, he wants to be healed. He puts mud in his eyes and says, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam. Okay, you people, these things sound obvious now, but wait a minute. What on earth is the pool of Siloam? The guy is blind. What is a pool? 
If you've been blind from birth, when they describe to you a chair, you don't know what it looks like. When they say loudspeaker, you don't know what it looks like. When they say a pool, you just know maybe someplace, I'm told there's water, people jump in, whatever. But you really don't know what it looks like. Let alone a specific pool called the pool of so See, and Jesus doesn't say, oh, my son, oh. The way we are going to do this today, watch in the pool of straw. So now, let me lead you there. I'll take you there to the pool, to the pool of Siloam. Uh, no. He just made matters worse. Got mad, put in his eyes, and left him there. Go watch in the pool of straw. Some of us are in that stage in our prayer life and faith. God has given you some difficult things to do. And you're sulking and rolling on the floor and being like a two-year-old and throwing a tantrum because God didn't bring it on a silver platter complete with cutlery and a serviette. And you're offended at God because he's taking you through a process you'd rather he did not. You want the man of God to wave his hand over you, you fall down, and by the time they pick you up, all your issues are gone. Because that happened for the other person. Now you want the same, and God is saying, it's different, baby. It's going to be different. It's different. Move countries. Move countries. Go wash in the pool of snow. <coughs> so the guy has to start by the most basic thing. Hey! Hey! Anyone hear me? So the old man, what's up? Where is the pool of Siloam? Hey, pool of Siloam? It's in Katwe. You are in Charlie Wajara. Katwe, where is Katwe? So on the other side of town. How do I get to Katwe? Safe border. What safe border? You don't have the app? Are you seeing how frustrating that can be? But the guy made it to the pool of Siloam, washed his eyes and started seeing. Maybe all your friends have been getting promotions and you're wondering, what is wrong? And for God is saying, get out. Get out of where? Zindi corporate God. Genda. 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 I don't know. What is your pool of Siloam? It sounds completely unreasonable, completely unfair that God would even, if he wants, for why, why, blind Batmaias, see, why aren't, why aren't you doing for me what you did for Batmaias? Go wash in the pool of Siloam. I don't have transport to get there. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. What is the pool? Go wash in the pool of Siloam. The thing that will be formed in you in that process is much more valuable than the miracle you're looking for. Amen. 
we have to finish. So what is it that you need to do? Start the business? Oh, by the way, talking of business, this is how some other guy helped me see it in Nigeria. Because we've been trying to teach people to move from being an entrepreneur to being a business owner. And some people can't work out the difference between the S quadrant and the B quadrant on the cash flow quadrant. If you don't understand this, one, I'm going to start a service here, by the way, just teaching business only. Yes, I'm determined because we have to chase poverty like properly. We need billionaires here in dollars. So he said that it goes from the S quadrant to the B quadrant when there is more than one person who brings in the business. When the sales and marketing is more than one person, it's now a business. It's still an, an enterprise if you personally are the ones who is recruiting customers. Once you have a plethora of people who recruit customers, now you're running a business. For details, talk to Chris Kawesa. He's here. If you don't figure out who he is, you pay me some money. What do you need to do? Like, in this church, my frustration as a pastor has reached a point where I'm going to start uh, a matchmaking. <laughs> hmm? Because you have all the handsome boys in this church. You have all the beautiful girls in this church. Now they are just tolerating around each other like this. And wasting everyone's time. Boys, you should be able to, to understand beauty when you see it. It's here in this church. Teach again the mass of an The point of dating is marriage. Don't date, don't turn your dating into a marriage. They are serving communion meanwhile. So when they give you yours, this is not lunch. Hold on to it until we've prayed. <laughs> that might be like, eh, hey, eh? They give snack in this church. No, that's not snack. It's Holy Communion. Are you with me, people? People dating, dating, dating. Now they are dating this one. Now tomorrow they are dating the other one. Now next year dating. Dating, Bambi, to Vemo dating. It's time for marriage. The Bible doesn't talk much about dating. It's very brief for a reason. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. That's the point. We need some departures. Departure. It's departure time, men. Men, you are the ones the girls are waiting for. We need departure. Departure. If I don't feel like you're supporting me enough. If this was a WhatsApp group, some people have started leaving the group. Biggie has left. <laughs> Others are being removed. <laughs> Get the thing done. Put a ring on it. Come on. From Mars and Venus, they are earthlings. Red blood cells. So, do it.
Welcome to your practical pastor teaching. Do it. Get on one knee. Put a ring on it. And take that wrong walk to freedom. <laughs> take that walk you're saying. My freedom is gone. I'm only free within certain boundaries. And it's awesome. I've been doing that for 16 years now. We can tell you it's good. So, propose. What? Propose. You have done enough sips, chicken, chili sauce, and saps, and sapati. It's now time for sa wedding. <laughs> apply for the job. There are more jobs than people in Kampala. The good ones. Yeah, people say there are no jobs. There are too many jobs. People keep contacting me. I need a person for this. I need a person like this. I post on all the worship harvest groups. I don't get any responses. Which might mean that all the people in worship harvest are employed in jobs they like. So maybe I need to be putting on other church groups. Write that book. Start tithing. Some of you are nangy. You have a, a business partner. His name is God. He practically owns 100% of the business. But what does he do? To collect business. He gives you the ideas, the connections, what? He controls the haters. And then at the end of the day, he says, Kakati, now that the profit is coming, me give me only 10%, you can keep the 90 what do you do? Osoka no kuba naite. Kakati kateri akasigani ngaba. Kakati partner. Nakono kalia. Kwekaba. And then he's like, oh my God. Did he just chew my. <laughs> and then we go back and say, God, what? Now that next phase of the business, we are trusting you to come through. And he's like, eh, 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 my friend, I really desperately want to come through Naye. Your character, like, is Ozilia. But you want us to work together. <laughs> I, I don't like the sound of your tone. Forgive. Some of you need to forgive. Forgive Banange. It's a forgive Chirisidias. It can be hindering you from where you need to go. So let go. Amen. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Today, today. From the old life to new life. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, now all things are new. Amen. Have you been blessed? Amen. So may God help you. Take some action to your faith. Don't hear too many sermons without action. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Let's just, everyone close your eyes and let's just give thanks in this place. Pray. Just think about the things we've been saying and pick, take your pick. Just one thing that you're like. This this is it. This is it. 
whatever it is. It might be that person you need to forgive. It might be the reconciliation you need to participate in. Maybe you've been scared to grow your business. You're like, it's doing okay where it is. We may lose money if we move to the next level. But God has called you for more. God has called you for more, for more influence. Maybe you've been scared to start a mission or community. Or maybe you've been scared to birth a new mission or community out of yours, thinking, well, what will happen? But God, there's so much more in you. Just talk to God right now and receive whatever he has for you. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.